Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 144. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. And today is a very special episode because we have a second interview with a band that is one of your favorite episodes of the Adamantium podcast. Episode number 57 with Wallows is one of the most downloaded episodes of this podcast. And so I'm very excited to have Wallows back on the podcast almost three years to the month from our first interview in 2019, which is when they released their debut album. So plenty to chat about since then, including their second album that was just released this past March. It's called Tell Me That It's Over. And I met up with the boys from Wallows here in Toronto at their hotel before their two nights that they did at our brand new venue, History. So before we get into the interview, let's quickly do the Adamantium Recommend segment, since there is some brand new music from Wallows that is definitely worth checking out. Some of these songs may overlap from last time, but so be it. Starting with that brand new album, Tell Me That It's Over, I'm going to recommend the song I Don't Want to Talk and the song At The End Of The Day. And then I'm going to recommend a single that they released in 2020, and that song is called OK. And then going back to that debut album called Nothing Happens from 2019, I'm going to recommend the song Scrawny and the TikTok hit, the song Are You Bored Yet? And that's that. If you are a Wallows fan tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the very first time today, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in. We would absolutely love for you to tune in again sometime. You can also go back in our catalog. There is another Wallows episode, as well as several others with many artists I'm sure you enjoy. And so go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcast if you want to tune in again. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. But you can find us also just by searching the Adamantium podcast. So let's get into today's episode, which is episode 144 of the Adamantium podcast, which features all three members of Wallows, which of course is made up of Dylan Minnette, who you might recognize from the show 13 Reasons Why or the most recent Scream movie, Brayden LeMasters and Cole Preston. I very much hope you enjoy the interview, everybody. Have a great week. God bless. And we'll see you back here again very soon for the next episode. So we got Wallows on the show for the second time. Um, first of all, congratulations on everything that's been going on. It's been a pretty busy year for you guys already. Um, and we got a couple cool things to talk about, but let's always a good place to start is the new album. So your second album just came out. Um, tell me that it's over. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk. A lot of times there's a lot of talk about like the, the sophomore curse, you know, like you have all the time in the world to put out your first album and you have like two years to put out your next album. But you guys like the second album easily lives up to nothing happens. I mean, charting wise, it's, it's done better. So tell me a little bit about, you know, making this album and did you guys feel the pressure of putting out the sophomore album? I mean, what do you guys think? Oh, um... It's, I'm so far removed from that now because it's been out for a few months. Like, right. I sort of forget what it even felt like putting out the album, to be honest. Um, I mean, I think making the second album for us compared to the first, mm -hmm. uh, the processes were so different. Yeah. Um, 
the first record, like you said, you know, it feels like you have your entire life to write the songs and make it. And then by the time we got around to actually recording it, we spent what, like six weeks in the studio with John and like just kind of busted it out. I mean, six weeks is not uh, a small amount of time, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it was definitely like condensed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this record, you know, we went in with Ariel. Um, different producer and then we spent basically the entirety of 2021 just recording and producing it out okay which like you know we just went through all these different phases of like we started with one version of what we wanted to be and then like it evolved into what it ended up being um Mm -hmm. so just because it was so drawn out i think we spent a lot of that time overthinking everything to where like i don't know i think that the feeling of the sophomore slump or the pressure just kind of like vanished disappeared disappeared yeah. into the we had enough third. time to work on it that yeah and also like for us a lot of our growth as a band happened um during covid mm-hmm. so like we had a song that did well on tiktok classic um which kind of like we were like sitting at home watching our numbers kind of grow but i don't i don't think it really like i don't think we actually understood what that meant until like we started this tour right so like was that okay? Was it that song that that blew up on TikTok? It was the song "Are You Bored?" Yet? Are you bored? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So even coming even later <clears throat> after the album, yeah, was, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, yeah, I just I think that like that combination of things, like not really understanding the growth and not really feeling that pressure, mm-hmm. and then also just we spent so much time making it that like, yeah, we were we were like more worried about other things. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the songs and like. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about the like the writing and creating process. Now you've got one album under your belt. How did, you know, and also just like the time of life too, I guess when you're putting your first album out, you're still early 20s, now right. you're going into mid-20s. A lot changes in that time too. So tell me, like, did the, the content of the songs change a lot? Did you find from the first album to the second album? Um, it's interesting. Like for me, I feel like... You know, we've been a band now for like ten years, so right? We've been writing songs constantly, right? That you know, uh, you know, more than more than half of those songs never made it mm-hmm. anywhere. But what I'm saying is, like, we're always writing, and I viewed the second album just in a weird way, like our fourth album, because right. we put out ten singles, we put out two EPs, so that's mm-hmm. two albums worth of songs right there. Put out our first album, which felt like our third album in a way. Mm-hmm. So like, it felt like it to me. I didn't like car- like um, compartmentalize it as like second album right I was just like here's another collection of songs that we're gonna put together as an album Mm -hmm. versus like what's this gonna be so I felt um, I just felt like I wanted it to be very like creative like free flowing like not having too much of like a blueprint just kind of like letting whatever inspiration happens Mm -hmm. happens and um, seeing where that takes us and yeah I just I didn't really feel like we had to like expand on the wall of sound in the way of like Right. Opening a new door, it just felt like, felt like um, it just kind of felt like a new, a new avenue. Just but also of, being, I guess, being a band for that long already, it's not like you guys are finding your groove as with each other anymore. Like you, right. you know, it's even by the time you're putting out your first album, you probably had that down pat, which is probably why one of the reasons why you've had the success you've had and and the growth that you've had too. Right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the, the pandemic. Did the pandemic play a factor? And it's it's interesting. I've gotten both sides from people where they're like, I actually worked in our favor because we had all this time to kind of think about music and, and making the album rather than having to rush it while we're on tour. And other people are just like, I just need to get out there and play again. You know, uh, how did you guys feel um, 
over the last two years as far as the music's concerned? I don't know. I mean, like, we made and wrote so much music during the pandemic that we, I feel like we, yeah, we evolved a lot. Yeah, I think for, like, as far as, like, the content of the music, like, mm-hmm. we certainly were not writing about the pandemic necessarily. Like we're, right. We're keeping it all very, like... I mean, I guess our personal lives were obviously everyone's personal lives were mm-hmm. very affected by it. So, like, sure, like, you know, our relationships and things were influenced by, like, our environment, which mm-hmm. happened to be, like, a pandemic at that mm-hmm. time. Um, but, yeah, if anything, I think that it more so just influenced uh, what we were doing, like, like with our time and, like, physically in the world. Because mm-hmm. I remember the week that lockdown started in the States... Um, we were supposed to fly to South America like mm. t- a few days. It was like that week. Mm-hmm. I remember. I was like, "Oh, we don't like we were supposed to fly to Brazil." Like I was so excited to to do that. I'm I'm sure as every band ever was mm-hmm. doing something right of, of that sort. Um, but then once we sort of came to terms with like, okay, we're not going to be touring for who knows how long. It was just like, okay, let's like work on music like because mm-hmm. that's what that's like the only thing that we can do mm-hmm. you know so um yeah I, I think it just sort of forced us into um a different mode mm-hmm. which i think is a ultimately was kind of a good thing you know and our song are you bored yet that had success during that time happens to say the lines stay at home oh, and okay bored. so like that i think certainly has something to do with why it gain traction on the right. internet. Um, yeah. Maybe just in like the weird, however mm-hmm. that like human conscious psyche thing works. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the pandemic happened, is kind of happening and then, and, and here we are. Yeah. It must be a huge relief now for you guys to be back doing what you love, obviously. Um, actually before I continue, I forget to ask, Two out of the three of you are wearing in sync shirts. <laughs> yes, is there something I am missing? Some kind of anniversary I'm missing on today, or is this just coincidence? That uh, this is this is full. <laughs> should full I have full worn mine? Like, yeah, I, should, no one gave me the note. Yeah, why is Cole not wearing I, one? I, I like, I just um, it's a it's a coincidence. He had a crew neck on. I didn't even know he had that on until yeah, That's, I had a vampire weekend. That's like really funny. The fact that even like. Do you just have like a collection of in sync shirts at home that <laughs> I guess I, I mean, I you want two, right? Or is this just this one? I have. This is my third because I have another in sync one, and I also have a JC Chazé. Oh, oh okay. That's a great yeah. one. It's a great one. Which oh, I do still have somewhere. I wondered if it burned in the fire, but it didn't. I think my other in sync shirt oh, burned oh, wait, in the fire. Right. <laughs> Hold on, backtrack. Okay, backtrack. Fire, right? Right? Uh, Twenty nineteen, or uh, probably before we. Definitely before we talked to you, actually. Uh, yeah. Last time our, our bus exploded, we had a bus fire. I mean, everyone, every one of us except Brayden lost all of our clothes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so wait, what caused the bus fire? Generator, something. Like generator, I don't know. Electricals, electrical. Yeah, we still. Was there like an explosion or like. So, what fi- happens? We were, we were actually flying, like the one time we were ever flying to like a radio session. So okay. We, we were leaving San Francisco and flying to like. Um, we, we had a layover in Dallas, so we like got yes. off the plane in Dallas for a second. Yes, and then Karab, our tour manager, answered the phone. It's like, oh my god, what, <clears throat> what, what? Is everyone okay? And and there was like four of our, you know, people, four or five of our people in the bus, and luckily they all they were got okay. off. Yeah, but yeah, it was like during the day. It was like you know, 
by like three o'clock in the afternoon or something, and yeah, they, there was just smoke, and then like literally, like it just burned down. Like the buses just the buses are right off. It's yes. wow. a very crazy show. Wow. So, yeah. so, Did you guys lose a lot of a lot of stuff? I they lost all their clothes and all, all other things. I lost oh, two man. items of clothing that I loved. Yeah, I that's that's the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't, I can't. Do you guys have uh, like a massive? I, I, I'm I've always been like that whenever we go to shows, t-shirts every time. Like, do you guys have a massive collection of like panties? I did have a massive mm-hmm. collection. I think I brought them all on that tour. Yeah, uh, so and then was, you just give up after that, yeah. probably. <laughs> like, I do have good stuff, but there was like I had really good stuff. Yeah, like, good stuff that I, I oh, brought such a bummer. I loved on that tour. Yeah. Oh, that's such a bummer. I mean, obviously, most important that like nobody. Nobody was on the bus. Right. I mean, yeah, still on the bus, yes. but it does suck that you lost yeah. all that stuff. That was obviously the huge yeah. benefit. <laughs> oh, man. Um, one other thing I noticed in this album, too, um, is that there is seems to be a, like a, a lot of comfort in, in speaking about, you know, some insecurities and stuff in life on and, and putting that out there in the music um, and even just talking about the, the first single. Um, I don't want to talk mm-hmm. there there's some parts in that song and, and what I find really interesting about that is that's talking about like a obviously a very difficult moment in life but the song is very upbeat poppy it's almost got this like whistling melody um, is that something you guys wanted to kind of counteract the maybe the feeling that you were feeling in the song um I mean, the original demo was like a thing where we were all just sort of singing gibberish over it, and um, one of the things that Cole sang was, tell me that it's over, tell me that it's over, refrain, mm-hmm. and that's how the title of our album even originated, and then I think there was also a part where I said, I don't want to talk on it, or something that sounded like that. Mm-hmm. So when I approached writing lyrics to the song, I just sort of, I thought those sang well, so I just kind of went off of that, and uh, built a narrative around it, and sort of tapped back into a point in my life um, where I was in a relationship and feeling like insecure about something at that point in time so I kind of tapped into like a year or two old uh, thing that I went through on mm-hmm. this like it wasn't uh, I wasn't writing this song in, in, in the moment, moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, reflective because I was sort yeah. of building it around yeah things that we had saying that saying well right which is what we do a lot of the time and okay just, and then it, it's all honest from there but like you know that's sort of how it just naturally um, happened I feel like a lot of our songs have like these sad lyrics but sort of upbeat music yeah but, which kind of counteracts you know or like at least I'm trying to put it in, in the words, sorry, but it's right. like it eases the. the well, I'm also like, how would the, how would that song even work if we were singing about something happy? Right. I feel like the song is weird and cheap. Right, right, a little bit. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like yeah, true, I feel like it's true. sort of inevitable. You have to like have some sort of emotion, and otherwise, it's like, what is that song? Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. What a what a happy lyric song. And a really with really sad music. Maybe that would be like maybe that's, that's like, like the cool next way wave. Yeah. Mm, maybe that's for album three. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, but you got to work on a song this time with Lydia Knight, who's your your girlfriend. Have has that the first time you guys have got to work together or made music together? That was not the first time we made music together. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, what was that? What was that experience like having her on the album? Uh. It was great. It was easy. It was great. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Um, there, uh, one of the singles I love, and especially I think the video just amplified how much I love the song, is the song Okay. Mm-hmm. And the video is just like this outrageous, over-the-top uh, video. Um, tell me about the making of that video and what like what was what were, you, what were your guys' plan for that video? Cause the Okay video? Okay video, yeah. Right. 
gosh, what was it? That's, sorry, I'm just remembering, that's... Well, remember we were leaving a 101 coffee shop, we were in Don's car, and then I thought it'd be cool to have a video in a drive-thru, like in a car. Right, right. And then I think that just kind of spawned the whole, like, van, and like... Yeah, was the original, like, like seedling of the idea, like, the drive-thru cutscene? Mm -hmm. Did we come up with that later? Like, did you we, imagine us was, ordering? That was, like... That was the original idea. That was the original idea, and then the thing goes, okay, like, after you say your oh, order. Like, right, that was, like, the right. first idea. Yeah, and then everything was kind of built... Built from that, that moment. As, like, the right. piece. Um, but yeah, we worked with um, our friend Dylan Dowdell. Mm -hmm. He also did the Scrawny video. Gotcha, um, so yeah. We, you know, we had a relationship with him. We're still friends with him. Um... And he is a dude who's full of, like, just, like, wacky ideas, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't really... I mean, it's been so long. An entire pandemic is happening. Right. We, we seems, like, squeezed that video in right yeah. before lockdown. It was, like, really? the last oh, yeah. thing that yeah. we actually, like, did. Um, yeah, but... It, it just, feels like it's got all these, like, kind of, like, timestamp throwbacks, too. Like, does. just, like, in the... The attire and just the the way it's shot. There's like almost like the ET moment when you're the and like the the car the the toy car scene and right. yeah. Um, when you guys are a lot of your videos have like these aesthetics. Mm -hmm. I, I find and um, tell me what to you guys what's important when you're making a video um, and and in your opinion what makes a good music video. Mm. Oh. Because I always find a music video is either one of these things that they're either really good or they're really terrible. <laughs> one of the biggest things about a video is cinematography and direction. Of course. Like, yes. I mean, you could have nothing going on in a video, but it could look beautiful and it, it could be executed well enough to be a great video with mm -hmm. nothing happening. So I feel like it's just, it just takes a certain amount of taste, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I don't know, like, I'm not very invested in music videos, to be honest. Okay. Uh, and I, I sort of, this the process of making them really stresses me out. Like it is one of my lesser, one of my least favorite things about being a band, making stuff. Is okay. like being a band is like because it just is so stressful to me and getting it right because mm -hmm. it could so easily go wrong. I think right. so you really gotta like. I feel like every time we sort of like step back and just like. I feel like we do, we need to be more as hands on as possible because the amount of time, every time that we've sort of stepped back and not been as hands on, it's. Uh, not been a result that we were as happy with. Interesting. So I think okay. um, moving forward, whenever we do make more videos, like being even more hand, like forcing myself to be even more hands on, and just sort of really making sure that like the you know the vision we want is like executed. It just depends on like who you're collaborating with as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know we've had a couple instances where we made something and been like, oh, we don't want to put that out. You know? Oh, really? But, you gotta yeah, get it's always yeah, and then I mean, but it's of course it's obvious. Your art is something that you hold close to you, and so mm -hmm. to put something, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. And I think like know your limits. Like if you can't act, don't act in a video. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I just absolutely. watched a video where someone was acting in, and I was like, this is not working. Right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like you gotta like just know what I feel like. Just just understand. I don't know. That's how I. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yes. I think they just have like, to be genuine. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. like, I don't know. I, I I always say that like I feel like kids I guess nowadays I feel like teens are kind of in the driver's seat of a lot of mm -hmm. music culture like mm -hmm. whether it be TikTok or whatever um, yeah I mean TikTok can make and break an artist now yes like, yeah. yeah but kids are um, you can't fool them I don't mm -hmm. think you know what I mean like I think they're smart and they mm -hmm. know they and can honest. like smell the like <laughs> bullshit you yeah. know mm -hmm. so yeah, for anything we, I mean, I feel like everything we've done has been genuine. You know? Yes, like we're not, we're not and like, self-aware. 
Because mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think good videos, you have to be self-aware. Yes. Like, yeah. if something's not, then it's just... It's it's dead. In the yeah, yeah. Like in so the okay video, like we're so clearly not being ourselves. Right. Yeah. Well, like that's it, and that's what's yeah. you yeah. know enjoyable about it too. Yeah. yeah, it's like kind of like the suspension of reality mm-hmm. in, in that case. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then in some more recent videos, it's like us kind of just doing. More. It almost reminded me of watching like. Olympus Biscuit video <laughs> where they mm. were trying to be <laughs> like, right, right, right. Yeah, like, like we were like the, the parody version like, yes. but they were the genuine they were trying to be that yeah so <laughs> yeah what um, you know growing up for you guys what are like tell me about music for you guys growing up what you looked at even like a, what's a video that you guys remember from school that you know uh, stuck in your memory over the years I remember watching um, This Love by Maroon 5 yeah, yeah. Like, over and over again when I was like Great video. eight years yeah. old. I was like, this video is so good. And back like early 2000s, late 90s or whatever, like you did watch videos yeah. over and over. And, like, yeah. Yeah. I watched yeah. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys videos over and over. Yeah? Yeah. 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 I remember in high school I watched a crazy amount and that was like around... Like when Blink One E Two was putting yeah, out yeah. videos, and they put it Weezer and Weezer. Oh, Weezer video. Yeah, for me, what is impactful was early two thousands. It was like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, yeah. like Eminem or something. I asked Black my fiance this things. question recently, and hers was, "Oops, I did it again." That's the That's, one like on the planet, right? Yeah. The red jumpsuit right. or whatever. For right. me, I think the one that was like new was Toxic. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, that a bit new. Like, that later, yeah. Going through that like weird. It was a five yeah. I remember like a futuristic portal or something. Yeah, like yeah. We were like YouTube kids like I remember yeah. when the, yeah. the Go dropped videos like oh tread- yeah the oh, treadmill that was, that was yeah like, oh, yeah, that's... yeah I mean that's even later but yeah like I, that's like when YouTube was like peak mm-hmm. YouTube and mm-hmm. like I was like everybody knew OK Go as like the treadmill band because mm-hmm. that video was so massive mm-hmm. yeah yeah that and, was a, that, what a moment in time yeah that's crazy yeah and they put out a few like that too after I think they they <laughs> banked on that <laughs> success like, and, like, the video band the video like, yeah, yeah. yeah if that even exists anymore I guess also like the Stroke Sunday video strokes yeah, yeah. even like uh, one always stuck in my brain just because it was so cool was like in high school i was a huge fan of audio slave yeah and like they just started and their first single was that song cochise okay and they it, the video is just like them going up a construction elevator and like the intro which is just like this grungy guitar and drum beat and then like once the riff goes off it's like they're just jamming on this rooftop and it's like their shadows and then there's just like all these fireworks going off and I was like it's mm. so simple it's so effective mm-hmm. and it was just like it was kind of like they're like we're this like mega band now and here we are and it was mm-hmm. like I remember that and yeah, yeah it cool. was sick yeah. back when music videos had really insane budgets yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing is like videos are weird now because you don't have insane budgets unless mm-hmm. you are just like the biggest artist right like either you have massive budget or it's like hard because yeah. it's, it's you're either biggest or everyone's in the same budget. right like it's we gotta do this in one day. (laughs) It's strange because like videos used to be such a part of the music industry with MTV and like YouTubers we have but it's like with TikTok existing now and things like that, people like, make their own. Yeah, like music videos are only becoming just by the week, like less and less relevant mm-hmm. and less necessary. To be mm-hmm. honest, unless it's something you like really want to put out, like a visual angle of your of yeah your music. I don't know. Like to me, I'm seeing less and less of a point of music videos. That's yeah. just me personally. So it's but. funny you say that. So I just did a an interview with this girl Benny. She's from yeah yeah. 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 So, anyways, her like basically, I mean, the girl who did the dance for that video, super lonely. Mm-hmm 
like made her song like more noticeable than her own video. Yeah. And it was so funny. She was like, I just ran into the girl at Coachella, like oh, wow. uh, in the wow. crowd. I was like, like you were performing. She was like, no, no, I was just in the crowd and I ran into her. And she's like, I don't actually, I said hi real quick. And she's like, I don't even think she knew who I was because I introduced her by her real name. And she's just oh. like, oh, cool, yeah, nice to meet you. And like, wow. she's like, I actually don't realize, think she realized who I was, but yeah. Fully like changed. Yeah, changed her life, That's made her sad. made her career, like not yeah. made her career, but like yeah, right, amplified right. her career. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Interesting, wow. eh? It's crazy how life can work. But actually, speaking of Coachella, you guys did Coachella this year for the second time. Yes. And the reason I want to talk about it was my first Coachella. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, yeah. I was on a, a road trip through the Southwest, and it just so happened it was after my girlfriend's now my fiance is 30th birthday nice. oh. we got engaged the day before Coachella oh, we went to Coachella yeah so we caught you guys Congrats. there yeah thank you very much yeah so we we caught you guys at Coachella and um, I wanted to ask you guys because you guys come from from out that part of the states and growing up you guys you even said it that day like we, we grew up going to Coachella and stuff like mm-hmm. that so tell me a little bit what what it means to you guys to play a festival like Coachella and um, especially like you guys got it. That was a, it was a pretty big stage. So tell me what that feeling was like. And I was, I was there. There was a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's surreal for sure. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. just we grew up seeing lots of bands on that stage, and uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Do you guys get to like when you're performing? Do you guys get to go out too and experience the festival while you're there? And yeah, not only once but twice. You're right, two weekends. Yeah, yeah. Two yeah. Weekends, yeah. Was it always two weekends, or yeah. did that start later? Twelve started two weekends. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. we went to the last the last single weekend one yeah. in 2011. Okay, That's the first time we went. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about some of your memories growing up going to Coachella, because for someone like for us here in Toronto, like that's to go to Coachella is like a big deal because you got to right. cross right. The, the the you know yeah yeah for us like a three hour drive from where we live, so it's like it feels right. like feels like sort of even though it's not in Los Angeles at all but it feels like mm-hmm. sort of a local festival now mm-hmm. every year it's like oh it's like right of passage we're going to drive to Coachella and do that right so, so. gotcha um, so yeah I mean like it just means a lot to us that festival like, yeah. that's, like I've gone to that festival so many times and envisioned us playing on stages there or you know being like someone relevant there and um, it's it's crazy that is the case for us now we've played mm-hmm. twice we'll probably play there again in a couple of years you know it's like it's just one of those things that's it's weird, and you know, it's I don't know. It's it's sort of it feels like Surreal. normal now. Like, yeah. Like, when you're there, like oh, we're playing. Mm-hmm. But then if you, if I just tap back and like thirteen year old me, like right, or fourteen year old me in my brain, that'd be like yes. mind blowing. Right. Yeah. And just I remember a few like not a few years ago, but like in twenty thirteen or something, we were a different band name. There was some battle of the bands like online competition where the winner got to play this block party near Coachella <laughs> like Coachella yeah. week and it yeah. was like so crazy to yeah. us and we were like fighting so hard to get votes and like, we were so young and oh uh, but like it was just like the, the idea of playing in the vicinity of Coachella right. Coachella was like the coolest thing ever and I remember that like the band that won that competition actually like someone dropped out of Coachella last minute and they got to play like the Gobi Tent at, oh, yeah, like, yeah. at noon or something like and we were like, ah, we thought it was the yeah, yeah, yeah. Could so could that could have been us. I think yeah. we went to their set, or did, or we went Maybe. another year. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but we it like blew our minds. Like, do you like, remember wow. what band that was that won? No. They were called and, like Strangers. Strangers I don't know. of no, there's like years involved. It's like years. years. It's like years and years. Not years and years. Not years and years. years. Was, I don't know. I don't know. Something's like crazy. Stra- oh, fuck. 
we could, <laughs> we could find it for sure. Yes. Yeah. But it, it just either way though, like yeah. tapping back into that mindset being that you're like trying your because it can feel it's really impossible sort of, to probably, yeah, like, yeah. It can feel, when yeah. you're there and doing it, it can feel pretty normal. Like oh, at a festival we're playing like yeah. that time, blah, blah blah. But then like trying to tap back into that mentality and like looking at it from that perspective is uh, crazy and humbling. And yeah. Wild. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a pretty cool experience. I mean, it, it is exhausting. Because I remember actually you saying on the like, you guys used to do the car camping yes. and stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be 34 in, in August. And oh, my nice. girlfriend just turned 30. And they tell me, man, it is exhausting doing like three days car camping. Did you car camp? We did car oh, camp. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. Man, it is like, it is freaking hot out there. Yeah. And then so windy at night. I was like, yeah. why is yeah. why is it so cold at yeah, night? I don't think <laughs> so, I car camp again ever. Oh, man. It was. wake up in, a, in an oven and go to bed in an igloo. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. And like, the, the other thing I don't get is like I'm like why are why are people up so early like why uh, <laughs> I understand why you're going to bed late but why are you up so early like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. you have no choice it's so hot yeah yeah it's like it is you're like, you wake up it was fun but man we were like we had to take like an hour and a half out of the day just to go back yeah, and lie sure. in the tent for like an hour before the headliners start because they're just yeah. like yes. dead <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> once you don't do that there's no going back. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, because our first few years, that was our only experience. That's the only way I viewed Coachella. Like, yeah, me, that was like such a part of the. Experience. Of course. When you're like 21, whatever, yeah. you're you're inhuman, you know. And then, so. <laughs> and then once you stay in a hotel, you're like, what was I doing? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then once you like play Coachella, but you're there, you're like, oh. Like, at the same time, that girl, that yeah. Benny was telling me that like she stayed in a hotel and she it took her like two and a half hours to get out of there, mm. and like mm, the other yeah. two days they just ended up leaving before the headliners because oh, yeah. like they didn't yeah. want to wait in the parking yeah, lot yeah, for so forever. long. So yeah, whereas the camping, at least you're a ten minute walk, but you're That's just tired for three yeah. days. Yeah, exactly. You can't. <laughs> or at least day. Two and three, yeah. You can watch the full headliner if you're car camping. That's, but yeah, if you're, yeah. If you're trying to get out of there, I mean, yeah. like, look, I am planning to go next year because Frank Ocean is supposed to be headlining, and I right, and that I will didn't get to happen. For that right, summer. gotcha. Um, fun to wrap up. Tell me a little bit about you know you guys are. There's been some some highlights so far on this tour. I've seen from your social media is like mm-hmm. uh, biggest headlining show in Washington. Four nights in New York. Two nights here in Toronto now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, when we met last time, you guys played the Danforth. I think that's like 1,200 or something. Now this is like over the two nights, 5,000 people. Right. Is pretty like yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, let me know if there's anything I missed. But tell me a little bit too. You guys are touring from April to like next February couple breaks in there but what's what's your what's wallow's key to you know uh staying healthy staying motivated and just having fun on tour for you know a year pretty much yeah what has been the thing i mean i think uh we just all keep it cool we all try Mm -hmm. and have fun playing games chilling Mm -hmm. you know respecting each other's alone time and then we have um incredible tour managers who like Mm -hmm. Honestly, make our lives a little bit too easy sometimes. Okay, um, yeah. and an incredible crew. Incredible crew. Um, so, yeah, I think we're lucky in that our crew and our whole team and us—we've all spent so much time around each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we have obviously been friends for, you know, more than a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like our now sound front of house person was our first ever tour manager, and mm-hmm. like our monitor person Grant came in, and then like Landon came in. So like everybody, we've all kind of like grown alongside each other. So even though we're a crew of like 16 people everybody is like really well acquainted and mm-hmm. friends yes um so it just feels like this big like traveling circus kind of like yeah uh, you know um so yeah there's it really just, becomes your family and like you know totally yeah. yeah um like we could all spend time like the different 
chemical reactions of different people hanging out. It's, it's you know, it's just anything can happen. I feel comfortable with yeah. everybody. Um, right. Do so. you guys get to learn? I mean, I'm sure you learn, like, okay, so-and-so, like, needs a moment. Let them be. Like, let's... Is that is that part of... You know, because you always hear about, you know, bands, like, you know, when they're on the road, clashing heads and stuff like that. Is mm. that something you guys learn to you know, as on a personal level, I guess, with each other, when's the, the time to... I think we just all understand each other really well. Like right. We, we're all really there for each other. It feels like we're all just a bunch of brothers. And mm-hmm. um, I think the dynamic and morale has been stronger than ever on mm-hmm. this run that we've ever had. Okay. Um, right. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we just, it just feels like we're just sort of a, some brothers living together mm-hmm. in a traveling house. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What What about like What about like staying healthy? Like, how do you guys like on li- life on the road is is tough. Like, well, I mean, uh, we have like really good uh, like fruit juices. Yeah, right. On the ride, we have, yeah. we we drink a lot of water. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we play shows, like pretty much every night, that's that's a workout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, people go for runs. People go for walks. Yeah. I love walking. Um, it's really no different from me just being at home in LA. Cool. It's yeah. really no different. Um, if anything, I'm probably healthier okay. on tour. Yeah. To be honest, because I sometimes maybe I'm lazy, get like in and out burger like every right. day. In LA, right, right, you know? gotcha. So, um, <laughs> here, like I almost have better food. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. we've been on tour for so long, mm-hmm. but also, like, I don't really have perspective, you know? Right, just, that's, like, just, just that's like, your life now. <laughs> it feels like my life or our lives have been happening, we have days off, but, like, it feels like my life happens from, like, 8 p.m. to midnight, and then, like, I black out and then black back in at 8 p.m., and I'm like, oh, we're going on soon, and then, like, yeah. just, yeah, it's, you know, it's just been the tour that never ends, but... I mean that in the best way because I feel like I could just keep going forever. Right. Like yeah, you're blessed like to have drive. it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Autopilot. So, yeah. Autopilot. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Cool, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for, for doing the podcast again. Thank you. Thank and you. congratulations on everything. Best of luck in the next two nights. And uh, I'll try and find an in-sync shirt to... Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.